Welcome to Probably Science. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jesse Case. I'm Matt Kirshen. And I am Andy Wood. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Who's had an excellent uh, Christmas and New Year? (laughs) Two-thirds of the podcast have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true. uh, Yeah, I didn't do anything for Christmas or New Year. Um, You know? Hello? Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> Listen, you give us such gold to deal with. It's, uh... <laughs> such an exciting, yeah, such exciting. Well, first, before we get into the um, very predictable reasons why uh, I was down and out for New Year's and uh, Christmas, we got a guest, don't we? That's we do. We, we, we've got a long-term friend of the show, many-time guest, someone whose own podcast Andy and I appeared on very recently. It's the excellent Jordan Morris. Hey, Jordan. Hi. Hi, gang. Uh, Jesse, I am really, really sympathetic to what just happened to you. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a podcaster who has to, you know, chat for 90-ish minutes every week. Like, sure. In, in, in these times, you guys know the ones I'm talking about, mm-hmm. like where, you know, people are getting sick and we're staying indoors and we're locking down, just like... A podcast where you have to chat about your life is just like, oh, fuck. I don't know. I watched the MacGruber show. Uh, I made some progress on Resident Evil 8. Like, like oh, absolutely. Are they up to 8 now? Oh, yeah. They're up to 8. Um, I will tell Not you guys. Not counting like spinoffs and side stories, you know, Code Veronica, that sort of thing. Matt, I'll, well, I'll you guys you about, online about offline about this. Check this crazy shit out. Yeah. All right. Not to push back. Okay. Push. But two days ago. I went to the U.S. Women's Figure Skating Championships. Wow. Uh, okay. I didn't even know you figure skated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. I got a whole routine I do. Um, I do a half axle is what it's called. Um, that's the big finale. Dude, it that's was... That's just uh, pushing away from the side, isn't it? That's just like yeah, starting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was bananas. It was like, uh, you know, I went in all cynical and like... Um, by the end, I have, like, a foam number one finger, and I, like, know everybody's name. I'm screaming, you know? It was awesome. Uh, ease, I highly recommend, I highly recommend going to an elite figure skating event. Um, it, everything about it blew my mind. People throw stuffed animals on the ice after what? the uh, routines. That's, like, the thing. They should They're, throw them during the routines. That would kind of no, add, add a level of difficulty. That would spice it up. Um and you know that thing, like, when when you're watching the Olympics and uh, they're waiting on their score, so they go with their coach and they sit, like, in front of that camera, mm-hmm. kind right. of on a couch-looking thing? The, 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 like, technical name for that in the figure skating world is the kiss and cry. That's what they, <laughs> they go over. To, they go over to the kiss and cry. And I kept, like, getting it wrong, so I'd be, like, talking to the guy next to me, like, um... You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're over at the uh, the hugging the hug jerk, you know, and um, <laughs> everyone around me was like so all in on figure skating and I knew nothing about it. And um, I think I upset quite a few people around me. But the, it was, uh, kiss, it was kiss and cry is the name of my uh, dating memoir. There you go. <laughs> you know, dating memoirs, those things that exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dating, the dating memoirs. But I, I didn't make Jordan up to... Morris, Tucker Max. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah it's me and Tucker just, Max, yeah. yeah. Yeah, mine is decidedly a pamphlet, but... Um, <laughs> More of a novella at, at we got, best. We got pitched Tucker Max once on the no. show. What? Yeah, do you not remember? About about four years ago, he sort of, like, tried to... He's resurfaced with a new book 
which is a sort of semi semi apologetic but also like he's he's pivoted but whatever it was we just yeah. got that we got a pitch from their PR that's like hey Tucker, Tucker Max Tucker Max the famous kind of like you know uh, out out proud chauvinist you know I would say woman lover but okay chauvinist <laughs> I just love women just so listen. much who I've never heard of this person that well, I want I, to keep I just them avoid... out of the ghost busting <laughs> organization I just I avoid uh, Tuckers you know I just as a yeah. hard rule in general, if they aren't played by Jeff Daniel Jeff uh, Bridges, you can avoid uh, Tucker. Absolutely. So, who is this Tucker Max Jordan? You want to take this one? Or uh, I? Yeah, I don't know too much about him other than like using his name for a punchline. But I'll 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 <laughs> kind of try and <laughs> I'll try to try and barf out what I think I know is that I think he was a very like 1.0 like Internet 1.0 blog guy who okay. in a different time. Uh, became very popular for like, you know, is it a joke? Is it not chauvinism? Um, although he, I'm sure there's still a market for that sort of thing these days. He was also kind of like the first person to sort of unashamedly optimize cancel culture, if that if that kind of makes sense. Like he was the one who, re- him and his PR person, whose name I forget now, but wrote an entire book himself about like how he did it. Like they they kind of. They even like took out their own anti-adverts to right. kind of um, like they put up their own fake billboards condemning themselves. So mm. that when they would do when you would do like live readings or some kind of live performance thing, yeah, to so like his own protests of it, and, to basically, um, yeah, o- optimize controversy to kind of right capitalize on it. And, yeah, and things. he like and he had a couple of like like memoirs. Uh, you know, called something like "I wish I could fuck beer," like that kind of. <laughs> I, I, I remember it's called. I hope, they, I hope they serve beer in hell. Was the name? I of hope the they memoir. serve beer in hell, and yeah. that when I'm there, I can fuck it. And this was yeah. also in the same time <laughs> I frame. I wish as... I could fuck beer. I just imagine that on like a shitty barbecue apron. Uh, it's great. It was also sort of contemporaneous with uh, the game by Neil Strauss. Yeah. Right. So beer, you can't on. fuck it. You can't fuck without it. That's what. <laughs> beer, you can't fuck it, and it makes it harder to fuck. <laughs> That's actually there's like a famous uh, some smart person quote from like 400 years ago that um, is is basically that same joke but in like old English. <laughs> it just has a bunch of e's <laughs> randomly. Uh, let me see if I, I know what like, taketh be. away is in there as far as like libido. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to quickly Google this and see if it comes yeah. up. No, not yeah. finding it quickly. Um, but I, I, sidebar on that, I don't want to make this a long story, but um, related to your podcast co-host Jesse Thorne's other podcast, formerly Sound of Young America, he had Neil Strauss on when that book came out in like 2006. And I listened to that episode. I didn't read the book and I thought it was interesting. I'm not I'm not like, uh, what's the word? Like um, advocating or... or what am I? I can't think of the word for except <laughs> I'm not giving a validation to like Neil Strauss. you don't you don't think it's a good idea to employ hypnotism text uh, 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 techniques to pick up women at the saddle ranch. <laughs> <laughs> that was saying. only one of many. Te- that wasn't uh, the ga- that wasn't mysteries technique. That was the neurolinguistic programmer, I believe. Right. Uh, anyway, so I listened to the podcast and I mentioned to a friend of mine, and then I went away on a trip for like six weeks. And I didn't realize how much this guy was like an information sponge. And if you just mention something, he'll 
Anyway, I came back, and the first time I saw him out at a bar, he had goggles on his forehead, and I was like, "What's yeah. what's going on there?" He refused to like fess up to it, and he had he had like read the entire book and like taken to it immediately. The cool ending to this is um, he kind of took only the best things from it and became like a really fun life of the party guy. Like he, you know, because there are things in there that are like just legitimately sort of self helpy, like put your best foot forward, uh, don't be an asshole, like right. When you're going to talk to uh, somebody you're interested in, like say, I've got to get back to my friends, but so they know you're not, they know you're not going to stay there for like half an hour and creep them out. Um, so it kind of yeah, changes, changes think, his life, think, kind of. I, uh, yeah, I think the game is one of those things, and it was like it's it's the pickup artist memoir. It's one of those yeah. things where it's like there are two sets of lessons you can learn here. You know, <laughs> you could use it for good or evil. Yes, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's also one of those things that's very hard to quantify. Like. Um, we we don't know how many school shootings it's prevented. You know, I think that's Andy's yeah. point here. That's true. We don't have data on that. You know, uh. I mean, we have a friend who teaches men. Um, I mean, not again the, the good arts, the uh, the, the non dark arts of of this. Like, just teaches like awkward men how to interact with women well, and she talks about how validating. Do we? This, Who's this, our friend? I don't want to say in case she doesn't want to talk about it, but like oh, okay. she, she really loves it and gets so much satisfaction out of helping these guys learn how to, you know, be good in talking to women, be their best selves, like just get themselves together, all the, all the positive stuff, you know. Mm. Anyway, um, Tucker Max is not oh, yeah. that. So, yeah, Tucker Max was kind of, <laughs> yeah, but but I think his books, you know, um, I wish... I wish bourbon could jack me off or whatever. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, now, now, I... Um, yeah, so it's kind of I, in the same zone, kind of in, around the time of the game, you know, popular, everybody had them books. And yeah, now I guess he's... I guess he's pivoted, Andy was saying. There's a there's a mea culpa or a... Or a no, it was like... It, it was a different... The he, Zamboni he has, break. I, the, I'm trying to remember the exact pitch. I could probably look through the emails and find it, but he, he teamed up with some sort of evolutionary psychologist and of was course. writing a and the new book was some kind of um uh sort of uh social science book of like this is the guy who was the the dick in terms of like interacting with other humans but now it's like now it's trying to get to the bottom of human interaction and mm. i don't remember but i remember getting the pitch and from the pr person and thinking yeah i think we can skip this one what's uh, so uh, back up i mean i because i've uh, i'm obviously uh, by my uh, lack of success with any human interaction um have not read these uh, uh, this literature what's the goggles why did your friend have goggles on what's going on <laughs> oh like there was okay so after, <laughs> okay after so so, so like when, if, if you approach too many women, there's a risk that they'll spray like an acid. <laughs> right. It's like they spray ink. They have, a, they have an ink before they flee if you're too creepy in a bar. But no, mm. after, after that book came out, there was just like it was on everyone's minds for the last half of the 2000s. Uh, one of the guys so in the book, Neil Strauss was this like self-professed like failure with women. Mm. Um, he was a, a reporter for or a writer for Vanity Fair, Sports Illustrated. I don't know. Um, but he decided to do like a uh, fir- first person um, experiential journalism thing where he's going to go under the tutelage of a bunch of different pickup artists. And in the course of this story, he becomes like a master pickup artist. And it's kind of an interesting book. I did end up reading it eventually. Uh, at some point, they end up living, a bunch of guys rent this house in the Hollywood Hills together. And for a, while, like for a year, Courtney Love moved in with them. 
Like it's okay. very bizarre. Yeah. Uh, but after that, then the guy who he was under the tutelage of, who went by the name of Mystery, who was a former magician who would wear like tall felt hats and have his fingernails painted black. Um, he got his own reality show uh, where he's teaching guys to pick up artists. One of the things he he would advocate is peacocking, where you you always wear one ridiculous thing out that will inspire someone to talk to you. And it doesn't matter how dumb it is. Uh, so like, yeah, goggles on your forehead, anything to you're talking start about the hero, a conversation. The, oh, you're talking you know about I'm, the hero piece. I guess, sure. Yeah. That's, that's what I've always called that. Yeah, just have one weird thing. I didn't know that was a, a peacocking or a tech book technique well, do you, do you in a book. remember, Jesse, when you first met me, which was in you know in the early 2010s, I think, in LA, I actually, I used to go to bars with a real peacock. Like, I had, I'd mm-hmm. just take a peacock to bars. <laughs> just shrieking and shrieking. <laughs> no, I, I remember. very annoying. I remember your flightless bird phase, and it was, uh, it was Yeah, brutal. it wasn't just a peacock, to be fair. There were, there were some emus. Uh, there was the yeah, I wrote yeah. an emu with you one time. Into there was a cassowary. Yeah. That was a, <laughs> was a real mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How come these saddle ranches never have like bucking emus or something? How, that'd be more fun than a bucking bronco, and just as easy to implement, I would think. Yeah, couldn't agree more. There should be more diff- more indifferent mechanical animals to ride yeah. at bars on the Sunset Strip. I want to play joust in real life on the back of a flying ostrich. Or yeah, those ostrich. Oh, what do they ride yeah. in the game joust? Ostriches. Yeah, where's where is that? You know, 4K HD reboot with super realistic <laughs> ostriches with well, wait, uh, or movie starring The Rock. Yeah. Can't on a mechanical bull though. Can't you just pretend it's any animal? I mean, yeah, why? It's got why a, do you it's got have a bull to... horn? It's got a bull head, doesn't it? Does it? Oh, maybe yeah, okay, not. the the ones I've seen are just like a rocking metal torso looking thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? Maybe. But right. I think I think okay. some I think some of them do have more bull features. But Jesse, I think you're right. I think it's at that some of the leaner ones you could just like. You know, pretend it's a giant sloth or, you know, a rancor or something from fantasy, if you want. I take back what I said earlier. Um, Podcasting during a pandemic has made it really boring. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) Look, we're talking about do mechanical bulls have heads? Write us on. Guys, that's probably science at gmail.com. Yeah. If you represent Um, an author who was disgraced 15 years ago, (laughs) please email Um, (laughs) Do you represent the guy who wrote A Million Little Pieces? (laughs) Well, he's well. He's back. He's fully back. Is he back? Oh yeah. He's like he's written some stuff that, like, isn't he writing movies now? Oh, I don't know. That is, is his I mean, last name Glass. Is he one of the Glasses? Frey? It's James Frey. Oh oh. Hmm. Um, he, that was a, a plagiarism scandal, or no? It was. It was a um, half of the book was bullshit scandal. Oh, but it was a memoir. Yeah, I think so. It was, it was like a memoir. Yeah, it, it was that, like a lot of it didn't happen. I think, and he had to go back on Oprah and apologize for misleading for lying to Oprah. <laughs> oh, I remember that controversy. I didn't know the name of the book or, but I, yeah, it was like her book of the year or something. Right. And then it was all yeah. bullshitty, but he's That's, got another, yeah. he's got another book out. What if he's he just had, tried does, to scratch out the disgrace is in the long run is being disgraced a good career move. Like you probably have a little while where you're kind of radioactive, but it seems like when you want to do the comeback, maybe people are, are into it. I don't know how the new Tucker Max book did, but, Maybe I, if, maybe it's a good call. I think if you were shamed in the 1.0 era, you have a comeback chance. Are we in 3.0 now? What is the internet right now? I don't know what we're calling this. <laughs> yeah, because like, admittedly, there are a ton of people where I have not heard of them until they're canceled. You know, it's like, right. um, it's well, I mean, Matt, you had a tweet about this where uh, when Sidney Poitier died, it's like, oh, he was. I found out he was alive and died on the same day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, I had no idea that guy was still alive. I like. 
hundred percent had no idea. Yeah. And and it's the same thing when I'll hear about some just some random celebrity name that everyone's just done with because of something they said or whatever. And I'm that's how I learn about them. But so I guess it makes you more famous. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a lot of examples of people who are back in a beloved way. <clears throat> people are still working who have been. Yeah, I don't, this is probably not our. This isn't our lane exactly, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there are certainly some people from the last five years where I'm curious what time will will do as far as when they are back to their former strength, if ever. Sure. But, sure. Uh, hmm. Well, um, speaking of former strength, guys, we just had a former year. You guys have a good New Year's? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I got the cron uh, right around, yes, New, Year's, right me, around New Year's Eve-ish. Me yeah. too, buddy. Me too. Um, yes, yeah, Andy and I have had the, the only, cron. Uh, the only member of the podcast who hasn't got it yet, then, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, you still uh, you still haven't gotten it. We're, we're, our podcast is two-thirds uh, Yeah, I've got to say, I, I was amazed to have not got it on my trip back because I was in a... Uh, I was in a, a delay flight where they locked us into a pretty much ventilation-free room for about two and a half hours with everyone, including, like, just people who have... It, it was ridiculous three months in that people didn't know how to wear masks, but now two and a half years in, right? and it's still... Um, and and so, then right after you landed, you had your first lunch at an Orange County biker bar, right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've been to many times, but never at lunch before. So it was, it was kind <laughs> oh, yeah. nice to experience that meal. They have good meal. specials, good specials. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I even got a ping on the app on the, um, uh, you know, on your iPhone, you can now, uh, you can set it to alert you if you've been exposed to someone who also has exposures set on the alert. So I know that at some point in my travel day, which would have been on my flight, at least one person who was on that plane tested positive in the in the subsequent couple of days. Right, but uh, negative PCR five days after, um, negative instant test today. Nice. Oh, that that nice. just come through as we were talking. That's just come through. I, I took I I set up the test just before we recorded, and yeah, it's is negative. Yeah, they're very hard to pee on. Um, <laughs> and only get three drops. How do you do that? Yeah, <laughs> you have to have excellent urethra control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, it's good to have them. It's good to have the tests laying around. Yeah, um, I Andy, that, you- I got one of those uh, emergency pings on my phone, and all it said was, uh, "We filmed you watching porn. Send us Bitcoin." <laughs> right, right. Did you guys get that one? Yeah, 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 I've gotten that one. I've gotten that. Sometimes it pops up on the screen of my computer. It says the FBI. Uh, you have to eat, call this number right away. Right. And I was um, boosted against that. I can't believe I still got it. Yeah, we've been through this. That, 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 that all that does, all that does, is it reduces the chance of okay. you being seen, and it yeah. reduces how much they see of you see. It's if you're exposed. But yeah. right, it but, doesn't. But, it doesn't. There's no such thing as a way to 100 percent eliminate the chance of you being seen by <laughs> someone on the other side of the world, what, yeah. like jerking off. Like, there's no. There is no way to do that yet. Well, it's a give and take, right? Because you're more protected from it, but you also have that 5G boost. So, (laughs) you know, they can, uh, there's more of a chance of someone seeing you. Uh, Andy, do you know how you got it? Like, I I, I I was in Mexico and I had to get a negative test to fly back. So the day before I flew back, I was negative. And um, I got to assume being in three airports because it was a two leg flight. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Three airports, two planes and two cars. That was the most I was indoors because when I was down in Mexico, like nothing there's no such thing as an indoor restaurant. Everything is just like two walls out to the outside or patio seating. And the people that I was down there with, we all had to test um, the day before. Everyone was negative. All of them remained negative after the trip. So I got to assume the travel day 
But anyway, mine was, I I don't know how long yours lasted. I I got, um, I felt like congested on, so that was Tuesday tested negative, Wednesday I flew, Saturday I felt like a little congested and super tired um, and had, I guess Friday night and Saturday night I slept like 10 hours each night, which is not normal for me. Right. And then Sunday I got the test, it was positive, but by Wednesday had zero symptoms. It was, I mean, it, literally, it was the mildest cold I've ever had. So that's good. And yeah. I was triple, you know, double vaxxed and boosted. So yeah, mine was very, very mild. And I got mine um, from a guy named Blake at Guitar Center, who <laughs> was doing. That's the, not he, the first thing Blake's given somebody. I know, but he <laughs> he was not in a mask, and I was in an N95, and he was, which are very protective. But that, he was, that's the thing. I was. I think that's what saved me on my two and a half hours in an unventilated room with multiple people who were definitely infected. Um, 100%. Was I was wearing an N95 for the whole time, and also I put a cloth mask over the top of that, and I oh. think somehow... I had to pull mine down for a minute. It, like, what happened... You know at Guitar Center, they do that thing where, um, as if you're buying plane tickets, like, they they need your email address, you know? They're like, okay, what's your email address? Right. And I'm like, it's, it's fine. You don't need it. It's like, I don't... Just let me pay for the thing. Um... And there was like a line forming behind me. So I start giving him my email address and he like, he goes, what? And I repeat it. And he goes, sorry, what? And I repeat it. Oh, no. And then he goes, I think it's your mask. Oh God. And oh, I pull it down. Blake, for, man. I pull it down for literally 10 seconds. Tell him my email address. And Just as soon a tip. That's all it takes. It, I know it really does. Cause as soon as I tell him, he goes, thanks. And it was that, <laughs> it was that the sound. It was like slow-mo. Yeah. German fusion and uh, and I put it back on and uh, yeah it was two days later I had symptoms and yeah I mean it also sounds like it's reached a level of contagion that um, you know it's coming for all of us so I hope it is mild for everybody because I don't really think there's any realistic way to avoid this long term Um, yeah I was reading something I should have this up but uh, it's comparable now to measles as far as contagion levels which is one of the more violent things humans have yeah, I think, with, I, I think just like, you know, obviously like wear your mask, you know, wash your hands and then just steer clear of Tuckers and Blakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, N95s, like you said, cloth masks, we can now pretty much say are useless in this current environment. So get yourself an N95. If it's anything at all, it should be that. Really, the rest yeah, of it's I mean, kinda... try. We don't know enough about long term effects of COVID. Try to avoid getting it. What you should not do is don't set up specially shaped reflectors to specially you know get Chicken try to get covid yeah. so covid will yeah. come to you uh, do you, like you don't want to, to mimic nature in any way kind no we don't want to do that we have to we have to not mimic nature because uh, that's how viruses spread um you, you guys want to hear about a specially shaped reflector that um yes th- there's a plant that calls to bats so they'll poop in it this Got this us. story that Justin Broad sent in from Smithsonian Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, most people and animals are quite happy to get rid of their waste, whether it be junk mail, garbage, or urine. But plants... Not <laughs> the three as, categories of waste. <laughs> yes, the three wastes. Uh, but plants aren't as discriminating. <laughs> I've been shitting car wash coupons for the past <laughs> month. Yeah. Um, uh, plants enjoy nitrogen-rich leavings. Um, as any tomato plant tucked into a rich compost will attest... Um, and they do attest to it. Just have a convo with one. This this has led to some interesting partnerships between plants and animals. Take, for instance, tropical bats and the pitcher plants who sing to them. Pitcher plants don't have voices on their own, of course, but Nepenthes uh, 
<laughs> so I just I just went for it confidently, and uh, that was no way how to pronounce that. I think Him, you nailed it. Hemslayana, Nepenthes Hemslayana. Um, those are some particularly large pitcher plants. They have a way of reflecting a bat's sonar pings back at it. Um, and this is a hot new reporting from Ed Yong at the National Geographic. And we always love a good Yong piece. Um, like many other pitcher plants, uh, this uh, Himsleyana grows in soils that are relatively nutrient poor. So to make up for that deficit, most pitchers secrete a, a viscous fluid that collects in the elongated vase-like structures that give them their name. Bugs unlucky enough to fall in this liquid drown and break down in the digestive enzyme the plants release. But this one, uh, this particular Himsleyana pitcher, has its own unique style of, of gathering nutrients. Mm. You guys ready for this shit? It's fucking crazy. Instead of capturing bugs, they provide shelter for roosting Hardwick's woolly bats. And as the bats hang out inside the plants during the day, they pay rent with nitrogen-rich droppings. Can we just let's uh, can we just double back to the name of that animal? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Hardwick's woolly bat. <laughs> that that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um. Yep. Yes. Yes. Well, these uh, these Hardwick's woolly bats. Um, <laughs> say their say their full name every time you mention them. Yes, uh, the Hardwick's woolly bat. It, it hangs out inside this this thing. Um, this is inspired by a flower that reflects the calls of echolocating bats in South America. This team that discovered this used a robotic bat head to test the pitcher plants. Yang writes, it has a central loudspeaker and two microphones that look like a bat's ears. He used it to insonify the pitchers with ultrasonic calls from various directions and measure the strength of the echoes. The team found that the back wall of the Himsleyana, uh, the bit that connects its lid to its main chamber, is unusually wide, elongated, and curved. It's like a parabolic dish. It strongly reflects incoming ultrasound in the direction it came from and over a large area. After modifying some plants' parabolic dishes, the researchers saw that bats preferred unmodified reflectors that would return their calls loud and strong. It's not the only pitcher to woo small mammals in order to get their poop. Another species of pitchers in Borneo uses sugary secretions to lure tree shrews and rats to hang out, take some sips, and hopefully take a big deuce. <laughs> this kind of relationship is far more mutually beneficial than that between other pitcher plants and their instinct prey, at least most of the time. The second species has been known to digest the occasional shrew or rat that slips and falls into its belly whilst taking its big steamy shit. That's a great exact article. words from SmithsonianMag.com. That's you heard it here first. Wouldn't it be great if the if these plants had little like tiny bat magazines inside? <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, some just kind of some reading material or maybe yeah. uh, a yeah, somewhere to yeah. <laughs> maybe they shot hot coffee at the top. <laughs> yeah, a good, <laughs> a nice um, you know a nice mirror for selfies. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> pitcher plants are uh, yeah. Pitcher plants are. Crazy, like that's absolutely crazy. I don't know. I'd be interested when they started evolving. They had to have survived the last ex- mass extinction, right? That's so dinosaur. That kind of shit. It does seem very yeah. Land of the Lost. Uh, how can these things still be around? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the millions and millions of years of evolution to get like a relationship like that nailed down. By the um, way, speaking of yeah, this relationship. If we go back up to the. <laughs> The accompanying image on this story, I just love, this is a bat who could use a, a dating coach. If you look at uh, 
You see the picture I'm talking about? Uh, yes. Where's my bad... mutualism partner? <laughs> Where is my mutualism partner? Will you air. be my mutualism partner? <laughs> wow. Dork. I want to shit in you. <laughs> bat's, <laughs> bat's such a beta. <laughs> yeah. They're having hard times dating these days. Really, yeah. re- people are really down on them. Um, so I guess the, the pitcher plant is considered a carnivorous plant, um, which is interesting. Yeah. Because I don't know if bat, bat shit would be, I, I mean, wouldn't it be herbivore? It's, right, it's both, the right? Bats, Omnivore? The bats, well, yeah, I guess it depends on what the bat is eating. Sure. But then you're getting back to the whole, like, is come vegan argument. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... <laughs> Well, I mean, is that like a hot dog argument. as a sandwich thing? Or people yeah, the like classic debating that. Yeah, the every time you're at a bar, it's annoying the amount of times you have the is come vegan uh, right. conversation that we all have constantly. Um, is is a hot dog a Christmas movie? Is what I want to know. I say <laughs> yes. <laughs> and are Oreos come? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, probably. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I think other pitcher plants are legit carnivores. Well, it says, right? The other ones yeah. get like uh, tree shrews and rats. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying oh, to no, find... Those want feces. No, I'm sorry. Some of them eat insects though, right? And I know there's obviously Venus flytraps, but... Yeah. There are actually there are actually plants that eat urine and those are called penis flytraps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we had a science guy. I thought I thought they were called I thought they were called open fly traps. Yeah, there you go. That's that's better. Let's go with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I can't find any of the uh, common ancestors of the of this pitcher plant. Like when I can't find like one of those um, tree graph things. You know, right? Like how how far back these things? How far back? It's got to be insanely far back. But that's just me making shit up because I've seen Jumanji. You know, the, hmm. the which which Jumanji? I haven't seen the new one. I haven't seen I haven't seen the one with. See, Fer- it's legitimately good, like really good. Yeah, new I'm, sure, I'm sure it great. is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Need- the sequel, but the the first re- they're both good. The rock one was great with our past guest Karen Gillan. Yes, friend of the pod, um, friend of the pod, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Right. Hmm. He came on to talk about minerals, right? Yes. <laughs> of course. Yes. That's all um, he's capable of talking about. He won't <laughs> shut up about it. Like I love shale. Like I love quartz. <laughs> Sedimentary. Uh, sedimentary. Igneous. igneous. A third uh, one. Try and get that guy to shut up about minerals. Never. Just doesn't do it. Uh, we've had so, a, actually had a bunch of stories. Sorry, go ahead, Jesse. No, I was just seeing if uh, where we were on the story front. I'm, um, I'm, uh, well, I... I think we'd be remiss if we uh, left out a story sent in by John Hugh, or maybe Hugh. I'd Rod. remiss us. I'd remiss us if we did that. Absolutely, we got to get on it. Uh, I will put the link in the show notes for you guys here. I think Matt, as Matt at least is aware of this. We haven't lost Matt, have we? No, I'm right here. Okay, good. Yes. Um, so, scientists taught goldfish to drive. Okay, sure. <laughs> That's a good use of time and it's resources. Definitely. Before you get mad at um, Elon spending money going to Mars. Hmm. Um, yeah, and this this is while the vaccine was being developed, by the way. This is before it came out. They were doing this. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're, this is an article in The Guardian about why scientists taught fish to navigate a watery tank on wheels. Hmm. 
Uh, mm. It might be an imaginary character straight out of a Dr. Seuss book, The Goldfish Who Could Drive, but it's real. Incredibly, Israeli researchers created a robotic car and report that they taught six fish, named after characters from Pride and Prejudice for some reason, to navigate it on land. It's all in the name of science, of course. The team had been dreaming up ways to test fish navigation for a while, according to Shachar <laughs> Juvan from Ben-Gurion University of the Negev, uh, first author of a study published in the journal Behavioral Brain Research. Recently, we even ventured out to the coral reef of Eilat in an ongoing attempt to study navigation on a larger, more natural scale. So we're always trying to challenge ourselves and our fish. The idea of having the fish navigate on land seemed exactly... We're always trying to challenge those fish. They've had it too easy. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of push themselves a little bit. Get out of They're your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, the idea of having fish navigate on land seemed exactly like the impossible sort of challenge we like to tackle. Lucky for us, it was not so impossible after all. The technical term for their challenge is domain transfer methodology, which means exploring whether a species can perform tasks outside its own environment. To pull it off, they drew inspiration from work that taught rodents and dogs to use an automated vehicle to reach a target and a previously designed contraption, fish on wheels. Well, I, c I can see why Palestine's shaking in their boots right. at, these, uh, at these researchers. This is crazy. It's a shame so, that the, the next thing they did was teach those same fish to text. Yeah. <laughs> That is a shame. I'm... So first, the team, led by Professor Ronan Segev, created a watery tank on wheels that moved in response to the movements and orientation of the fish. Then they set mm. about te teaching the goldfish how to drive it, much like humans learn to ride a bike or drive a car. The, first, the fish first had to connect their own swimming movements to the movements of the vehicle so they could navigate it. Then they were given a destination, a pink target board in a foreign room that elicited a food reward when the vehicle touched it. A computerized camera system attached to this fish-operated vehicle recorded and translated the fish's swimming directions. After several days of training, the fish successfully navigated the vehicle to the target from different starting positions in the room, even if they faced obstacles like false targets or hitting a wall. Some did particularly well. Mr. Darcy and Mr. Bingley are the two <laughs> fish featured in the different videos, and they were total rock stars, Siobhan says. Although previous studies have shown that fish can navigate within aquatic environments, the authors suggest this study shows the ability to navigate, which is essential for animal survival in many domains, including for finding food, shelter, and mates, uh, show that that is universal to all species and independent of the environment. I'm not sure. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, this is a fish in captivity that normally, if it were completely underwater... Okay. They have a fish in a room. The room has some obstacles. There's food at the other end of the room. The fish is swimming over to get it. I see what you're saying. It's you know a, what I mean? It's, it, it's, it it's like unaware there's a, there's a medium outside of its tank that it is moving through. Well, I mean, or, I, I just mean it's like, it's like, a, I don't know. It's like walking on a treadmill at a, it's just kind of, the fish is still swimming and the way it swims leads the thing, which is, which is cool. But like, I would think teaching a fish how to do this would be if it swims in the opposite direction or swims left, the thing goes right. Like that's oh. learning something as opposed to it's just naturally like it would normally swim to the fucking food. Right. But the physics of it is such that, you know, the movement of the wheels moving the tank aren't going to suddenly reset the water like a treadmill would. So it's, you know, in its perception, it's pushing against the glass conceivably like it's not still mm, going anywhere yeah. in the water so at that yeah. point it's a different i think that's what would be happening i gotta actually i should have just clicked on the video 
Um, I mean, I'm sure it knows something's up. I just don't think it's necessarily like this giant learning <laughs> curve. Of, of, up. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Yeah, but it's not using a fucking blinker. Like, it's right. <laughs> when they start to listen to little podcasts in their yeah. tank car. That's when we'll know. When there is goldfish, true crime. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm so, way more blown blown away at the invention of this car, this fish car. The fish car is pretty than, cool. Than the than the goldfish's <laughs> ability. And I'm pro goldfish. You know, I'm just I'm. Well, I'm, you're also someone whose driving is entirely motivated by food. Mm-hmm. Mostly. Um, you're just driving to food rewards. That's what you call <laughs> Del Taco. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't that what we all do? Yeah. It is huh. like it is. It's it's really annoying once once these driving goldfish get Teslas because then that's all they want to talk about. <laughs> don't shut up about it. Where's the nearest supercharging? Yeah. Right. Uh, by the way, this article also mentioned that this should help disprove the stigma about goldfish and their three-second or if heard ten-second memory. So forget about that, wherever you heard that. If it was from early Dave Chappelle stand-up when he was animated on Dr. Katz, uh... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Bit? Yes, I do. Yeah. Hmm. There's an Ani DeFranco song about it. Oh. Speaking of places in the '90s, you might have heard of this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of non-story things, but just awesome things I just saw. I finally watched um, Kyle Mooney's new show on Netflix. Have you guys seen it? Oh yeah. How is it? Oh, I love it. It's Saturday morning all-star hits. It's um, it's like a homage to late '80s, early '90s kids programming. Like everything from, yeah, your typical Saturday morning stuff, like He-Man, Care Bears, to sort of Saved by the Bell things. And it builds out this entire world. It gets it starts with just a cartoon show hosted by Kyle and his twin, played by him also. Um, and then it just builds and builds until you get news reports about characters in this world and things happening to them, but all looking like it was on TV in 91. There's like an OJ trial sort of thing that happens. <laughs> it's... Awesome. Saturday no, morning All Star hits. Yeah, Go watch wait. it. Yeah, so I'll absolutely check plug. that out. Is the whole season up? Yeah, it's eight episodes. Um, it, it, cool. it it just it's not what I was thinking it was going to be in the best possible way. It's like not just parodies of cartoons. Yeah, that sounds great. And by the way, I forgot that MacGruber is out. What, what is that? What platform is that on? I got to check that out. Oh yeah, oh, I got to check that out too. Yeah, that's that's, awesome. a, that's a peacock. That's one of the things oh, I uh, I did during uh, the most. <laughs> boring Christmas and New Year's of all time. Uh, yeah, MacGruber's hilarious. Uh, yeah, if you if you have not seen the movie based on the SNL sketch uh, because you were wondering how it would be a movie, um, do yourself a favor, see the movie, it's fucking it's hilarious, the and then watch the show, which it's is a great, fucking great hilarious. Movie. Also fucking hilarious, yeah. The craziest ratio of funniness to box office bomb of all time, because it maybe for a time was the biggest wide release bomb in box office history yeah like was, it, but it is like it the funniest movie of the past so 10 funny. years yeah so funny Man, well probably god how old is more than 10 now? years ago yeah, it's gotta be yeah. anyway and the show is just as funny as the movie the show is like oh i can't wait hilarious and yeah like a couple callbacks but not too many to where it just feels like a callback fest but a couple that are really satisfying and yeah christian wig is great in it lawrence fishburne is like new to the cast and really like what? slides into that mcgruber tone really nicely oh my uh, god yeah lawrence fishburne i guess that's why he couldn't do the matrix reboot <laughs> yeah which I fell asleep during because of Omicron, I think. Um, but oh, also, yeah. it was just not, I could not muster the enthusiasm for the franchise. 
Um, but yeah, both MacGruber, the movie, and the series are, are awesome. And yeah, that got me to buy a Peacock Pro subscription or All right, <laughs> whatever it. they call it. And now, you got go- it. now you're wearing goggles everywhere. Yeah, that's true. That yeah, call back I got a little my... peacock. Come on, guys. There, Come on, people. No, yeah, right. It's the, it's the streaming <laughs> service that teaches Missed you to wear a feather boa and <laughs> to tell women they have something on their shirt. <laughs> they have the cutest little bugs body overbite yeah right it's weird with things like that because i have like things like uh negging or something surely uh unless you employ those uh pickup artistry techniques well you can really just be way worse off right it's a it's a risky yeah i would think negging and not only shitty but risky because someone might just be like did you just insult me? Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you just don't really, uh, if if you don't, like, if you're reading that, let's say you're you're the type of fellow, I assume, who buys such a um, thing to learn, not just like this is an interesting story, but like to learn these tactics. I want to, you know, I want to do this weird psychological manipulation shit when I'm out at a bar. Um, I would think you're also the type of person that is like maybe socially not that smooth to begin with so it seems like pretty easy to um that you would just go and be like your shoes are stupid as fuck and then that's and then <laughs> right and then you're not just a you're not just a sad loser but you're a sad loser in a steampunk top hat right right you're just <laughs> spending uh, 20 bucks on a gin and tonic at uh, the world's most expensive bar it's just unable yeah. to, unable to merge back into the crowd yeah right you've you've you a, can't you've slink a, away you've attached a brass blimp to the top of your volvo to make mm-hmm. it look like you're uh <laughs> swimming through the air yeah. to your location yeah i think it's um a risky proposition as as that book and that world is becoming more popular because then there's probably a time when you say something that's literally from the book and the person you're saying it to is like, oh, you just read the game, huh? And then then where are you? You know, then you're just like the lamest person with a floppy hat on. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I went full. Um, this is pre-pandemic. I heard a guy. Uh, it was a bar in Nashville. I used to go to a lot called Villager Tavern. Cool place. But it's a it's sort of a college type. It's it's near, it's it's sort of like near a campus, right? And it was it was like on the same block where I lived. So I was I go to this place, and oh, Andy, they're all big fans of you. Everyone watches Jeopardy every day at five. Whoa! Um, it's like a Jeopardy bar, you know. That's like a thing all the regulars watch and like try to get the stuff. And so it like blew my mind. It blew their mind. I used to live with you. Um, Wait, they uh, remembered <laughs> my my run on it. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like a year like, and a half goes by. How could you? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's cool. So anyway, uh, I heard a guy hitting on a lady uh, there. And this has happened a few times where I'll overhear this. And they're just using stand. They're just doing stand up bits. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. just doing like he was literally just doing like a it's like a Doug Stanhope rant right. or something. But it's like a word for word. Where like this guy is just a comedy nerd who it's like, then isn't it is weird that there's seven words you can't say on television, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just stealing shit. Uh, and I've, yeah, I've heard it three or four times. And the last time it was uh, it was a guy who was doing Bill Hicks stuff, wow. which yeah, well, at least um, he's doing the good stuff. You know, at least he's at stealing least he's the stealing, stealing the good the fucking shit, fucking truth telling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, Bill Hicks material didn't even get Bill Hicks laid. 
So <laughs> that's, I mean, <laughs> I don't know why he's choosing that person. Um, it, was it working at all or not in this case? Sort of, kind of, but like, you know, I, I didn't like the idea that um, th- this person was using someone's like, it was like weirder than it was a weird type of theft because it's like stealing someone's thoughts, not even trying to do it as stand up on stage. Right. Just literally stealing thought patterns. And I did a full goodwill hunting on him of like, oh, yeah, you're a Bill Hicks fan. And he's like, what? what? And I'm like, yeah, you're doing a Hicks bits. Is that, is that your thing? You like you go to bars, you hit on people using like stand up material. Is that like, <laughs> are you guys having like to talk about stand like it was I was so fucking proud of myself, dude. I went full, full, like, how about them, like, how do you like them apples? Only I didn't, her and I didn't hang out. She right. thought I said. But this was in front of her also. She, she's hearing yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It was fully, in, it was fully in front of her. I was like, I was like, that's probably the coolest thing I've ever done. Here's what, here's what I do when I want to get laid. I walk up to a woman and I say, who's on first? <laughs> <laughs> I've asked, I've asked many a hot young vixen to pull my finger. Right. <laughs> I'm a big hard top fan and wheel a whole suitcase into bars. <laughs> You have a steamer yeah. trunk <laughs> filled with toilet seats stapled to rakes. Yep. And, and a microphone attached to a collar around your neck. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man. Um, Although, guys, you know, I, I've heard good things about him from people who've hung out with him. Like, I've, yeah. I saw Carrot Top in Vegas not too long ago, and it was hilarious. I mean, I had, you know, I had nine giant margaritas before I went in there. So right. the, the one time I met him, he was a delight, and... I I wasn't involved in like, you know, I wasn't in the sort of 90s American comedy scene and built up all this carrot top hate because he beat, was it partly because he beat Bill Hicks to comedian of the year at the American Comedy Awards at some point in the oh, 90s? Oh, um, oh, right. Who knows? But Who knows? yeah, no, I, I, I think it's a funny show. It, but also, I can't think of a dumber thing to try and nick in a bar <laughs> so yeah, and pass yeah. off as your own. Yeah, I heard some comic, very I forgot weird. some friend of ours said that he was hanging out somewhere where Carrot Top was and then when they met he said he just sort of felt obliged to and said oh yeah I, you know I really love your stuff and, he, and then Carrot Top go, goes like no you don't and that's okay <laughs> like, <laughs> like self-aware about he gets it community. he understands that he's Carrot Top it's yeah I've also heard Todd Glass say his favorite thing to do in Las Vegas is get high and go to the Carrot Top show so yeah it's a blast I, I do like, want to go it's a real it's an experience you know he just it's not just the props but there's a lot of like there's a lot of like high energy lip syncing that is a lot more entertaining than it sounds with okay. just me saying it. Uh, yeah, he does a whole like high energy lip sync medley at the end that is uh, really rousing. I, this is actually where these scientists got the idea for the goldfish car. It's from a character. <laughs> right. <laughs> if he can mm. be taught to follow a prop to yeah. I have no idea and then there's a then he shits care top shits into a plant too that's <laughs> part of the show yeah. really funny he doesn't want to it's just the shape of it just makes it un, just impossible to avoid right it shoots his lip syncing back at him and then for some reason where is my mutualism partner <laughs> is that the word I forgot what the my mutualism was. partner yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my new favorite shirt um, where's my mutualism partner? Right, it's the new um, I'm with stupid. <laughs> guys, do we uh, do we have any, uh, what's what's going on in the, the story front? Story front. I'm so Let's behind see. on all these in the tech world here. Oh, no, we have so, so we have many. We've so many stories. We've got like um, half a month of stories that people have sent in. We've got a couple of, 
I will say we got a. This has to be the year that we finally buy New Scientist Premium because we've had a couple of good stories sent in by, like Emily Brown, which we can't, we can't, we can only, I can only read the opening paragraph of a new listener, uh, or not a, new, uh, not a new listener rather. There's no a, new listeners, Matt. No. <laughs> <laughs> there couldn't be such a thing, but uh, a a first time submission from Gregory Seagun as well. Seagun, I hope I haven't mispronounced your name. I, I we got it close, but Greg, Greg sent in a a story about tardigrades be, being quantum entangled. Looks like a great story. Who knows? Ooh. We'll never know. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Emily sent in a good tomato story as well. Thanks, Emily. Sorry. Yeah, we gotta well, yeah, subscribe. We should, this we, is there's we'll no chip excuse. In and, <laughs> chip in and subscribe to that. You know, we're already what we're all doing browsers. Why don't we want we'll share that one and then one of us <laughs> pop over and get the get the other thing. If one of you guys will just give me your peacock and I'm not talking about <laughs> yeah. Do you want do you want the dumbest story of over Christmas, particularly yeah. during a pandemic? Yes. Yes. That uh Sean Robertson sent in. The the, the worst invention of all time. Please. Okay. I'm, I'm putting this in the in the link here so you guys can see it in the show notes as well. Lickable TVs. Finally. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Lickable TV screen. A Japanese professor has developed a prototype that can imitate food flavors. Another step towards creating a multi-sensory viewing experience. The device called Taste the TV, which uses a carousel of 10 flavor canisters that spray in combination to create the taste of a particular food. The flavor sample then rolls on hygienic film over a flat tv screen for the viewer to try so are they looking at the food uh, pres- i mean why is it on a tv screen i don't yeah i yeah, presume it, it sort of it plays into what you're seeing but i don't know why you need to specifically be right up against the tv licking it like a goat <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna go with charlie the chocolate factory but sure yeah right. <laughs> it's unfortunately when you watch diners drive-ins and dives you're not tasting the food but you are tasting guy fieri i know <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would think like, oh, I'm going to try these uh, fries, but no, it's just, uh, you know, what his yeah. flame shirt tastes like before he puts it in the wash. Getting, yeah, getting, going to Flavortown with those canisters, a canister Flavortown is always frowned upon. Right. It's mostly uh, um, body spray, yeah. So, <laughs> so potential applications apparently include distance learning for sommeliers and cooks and tasting games and quizzes. Hmm. I don't know if I need a food quiz. Okay. Hmm. I did do a quiz a while ago where that had a, a, a fun round where it was identify the jelly bean flavor. Yeah, that's oh, fun. That's fun. You know? Sure. Um, so they say here, the goal is to make it possible for people to have the experience of something like eating at a restaurant on the other side of the world, even while staying <clears> at home. Um, you know, because I, I, every time I go to a restaurant, I'm always just licking a screen. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's just like totally recreates it. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, this article is written on March 12th, 2020. Also, uh, wow. No, just as as in this is a very pre. No, I know. Yeah, sorry. I know. They uh, yes, he installed his first prototype at what the Wuhan wet market. What the fuck? <laughs> um, you can really Miyash- taste the bat. <laughs> Miyashita works with a team of about thirty students that has produced a variety of flavor related vi- uh, devices, including a fork that makes food taste richer. He said he built the TTT. Is it just platinum? Is a platinum fork <laughs> uh, <laughs> with rubies on the side? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he said he built the TTTV prototype over the past year, and that a commercial version would cost about a hundred thousand yen. That's six hundred and fifty-three pounds to make. Um, he's also been in talks with companies about using the spray technology for devices that can apply a pizza or chocolate taste to a slice of toasted bread. Um, 
Yuki Hao, 22, a student at Meiji University, demonstrated TTTV for reporters, telling the screen she wanted to taste sweet chocolate. After a few tries, an automated voice repeated the order and a flavor jet spritzed a sample onto a plastic sheet. It's kind of like milk chocolate, she said. It's sweet like a chocolate sauce. Yeah, it's probably chocolate. Yeah. Um, That's what I wonder. Like, what are these? Why is it a TV? What the fuck is the? But also, I don't think that we've reduced taste to like 10 axes. Like there's a red, green and blue of flavor that you can just make every flavor with a combination of 10 things. Like that's the part I don't get. Isn't that the theory, though? I mean, that's how artificial flavors are are split into components like that. Like ketchup. I don't don't think it's an alphabet that small. Is it? Is it? I mean, I guess I'm I'm no flavor expert, but um, it just seems like that's a limited palette. But I didn't know if science has figured out like how many, what the equivalent I mean, of red, green, blue is for for flavor, and how many. But there, but there are. F- isn't flavor also like you could consider flavor not a static thing like a color? So like flavor changes after a bite of something. Like you'll get. You know, it'll be like a, a sour taste and then it slightly turns sweet and all of that. And I think the the time component of a taste probably has to be taken into account right. to really nail something. Um, and your Omicron status. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's like, you know, if you have like an art, of, like if you have a banana flavor jelly bean, it tastes like a banana, but it but the flavor doesn't change in your mouth. It's just this. Yeah, well, that's that's an example of like that's an ester. That's this. We made that in chemistry in high school. That one day towards the end of high school of chemistry, we did organic for just like a week, and yeah, we made all of the fake candy fruit flavors, which are these things called esters. Like you could make the sour apple one the banana mm. one and it tastes a tiny bit like banana but it tastes 100% like a Laffy Taffy banana right like that is definitely a thing that science can easily make but it's not exactly now, a, ba- a banana has more subtlety than that but like hints of that in it you know no I always thought the reason ketchup was so popular is because it's the four major flavors like 25% of each so everyone tastes it a little differently oh interesting so it's like you you just will enjoy it mm. Probably because it's like sweet, salt, sour, bitter, right? Like twenty five percent of each. Yeah, it's interesting. You know it's interesting that this article doesn't seem to be like proposing how you would use it. Like, like I, I right? This, this. Why is this a TV rather than just a machine that sprays chemical tastes? You know? Yeah, it's unnecessary. It's just. Yeah, I thought this was going to be a thing. Like when you're watching a show, you can put your tongue up to it. And that's the flavor of. Well, I don't conceivably they could have those spray jets synchronized with the content on TV. So yeah, when you're watching Silence of the Lambs, you taste human flesh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wow, you can really taste the human. Yeah, and they tried that one in Smell O Vision. No one made it past the first fifteen minutes. Um, Hey, by the way, Jesse, did you have any? I didn't have any uh, smell or taste issues. Did you? I did for an hour, literally an hour. I was eating. Chex Mix, and uh, it just became texture in my mouth, mm. and I was like, "Fuck, it's happening!" Like it just tasted like water, but just like the Chex Mix texture, and it was really weird and freaky. Um, and but it went away after like an hour. That's good. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's about it. So that could have also been like the uh, just an insane amount of acid I was on um, <laughs> at the same I, time. We d- I did From Blake right. We did mm-hmm. have a, like the real life version or. A, 
experiencing the story that we did a couple of weeks ago of the the candle reviews. Yeah, oh, Holly right, hadn't right, right. seen that story and was nearly put off from buying a candle over Christmas because she read three online reviews in a row that were like, "This smelled great in the store, but when we lit it, just nothing." Well, <laughs> like, I'm, it's just I'm like glad a that... candle that doesn't work properly. Like it doesn't burn. It doesn't have a good like burn smell. It's just like it smells good in the store. I'm. Go- uh, oh wow, you guys! Bob Saget just died. What? What? Yeah. Are this we- is like from f- five minutes ago. Sorry, I was just I was trying to find a story. Oh. I didn't mean to break that on air. We can delete. We can no, delete that no, out if we don't I mean, want to bum everyone out on the thing. Wow. Well, they're oh, going to know by the time this comes out. That's awful, man. He was a good guy. Jesus, directed dirty work. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, there's a dirty work. How has Artie outlived? Wow. Um. Yeah, dirty work. One of the funniest comedies, also. Yeah, it was just he was he was touring. He was found in his hotel room. Oh, that but, sucks. But they don't, they don't know the circumstances here. He was a very nice man the couple of times I met him. Yeah, never met him, but I've, I've only heard I, very good I also good nearly things. dropped in. I was When I was driving back from your house, Andy, last month, I uh, I stopped in at the um, Ontario Mall just to get like just to get a snack on the way home. And I realized the Ontario Improv is right there. Like, it's attached to the mall. And he was yes. the headliner. I nearly went in. And then it just like, oh, I was like, you know what? It's just I'm tired and I've got work to do and I should go home. Um, oh, that sucks. Yeah, that's yeah. a big bummer. Yeah. I didn't realize he was 65. I thought he was younger for some reason. Well, hmm. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know. It's I hate a surprise eulogy, you know? I, that's why I, was, I shouldn't have even brought it up. It's like, because then you seem insensitive or something where we're just like, all right, let's do the next story. Come on. Well, you know? yeah, but everybody's going to get that that just can't. I mean, I did. I unfortunately did this to an audience with the news about Muhammad Ali at Bridgetown in like 2015 because it had been like an hour or two and I just mentioned it in passing leading into something like I wasn't joking about it but like there's a gasp from the audience that I realized oh they've been in a maybe in shows the whole time and haven't seen oh yeah yeah I have to apologize that I'm the one who inadvertently I I was doing a show with Dave Ross and he was on stage and I was going on after him and during his set is when the news came out that like bin laden had been killed so he didn't know and the crowd didn't know and i got to go up and like tell the crowd um and it was like so stupid because i was i was just thinking about how like it's it's weird how like when we hear our parents talk about like where were you when kennedy was shot or whatever and they're they're all like oh i have this crystal clear memory i was you know I was in school and blah, blah, blah. And it's just funny to me that like when Muhammad Ali died, for instance, like you are forever tied to that memory for all those people. Like you're the, (laughs) everyone will associate the death of bin Laden with like your dumb comedy set. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. They'll be like, I don't know. We're seeing this guy that just was kind of sucked. I don't know. I was, uh, when, when the bin Laden thing happened, I was like, I was at a restaurant waiting for a like setup date to show up like we had been set up from a mutual friend and you know I think she was a little bit late and I was just like looking at my phone and then saw and then she's like oh hey sorry I'm late and I'm like hi um you know Bin Laden just died (laughs) (laughs) she's like oh you've read the game okay right (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I mean yes I was wearing a cape of course Hey, uh, I heard Bin Laden just died. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, the Michael Jackson news was like was on the first night of the Glastonbury Festival, and I had I'd done a gig. Like I, I'd gone to 
gone to the on-site on the Thursday, set up my tent and everything, and then gone and done a gig in Bristol and come back. And because the gig ran late, we just missed like the closing time for the gates to get back in to get to backstage. So we were like driving around all of the entire perimeter of the fence trying to find someone who would let us drive on site and the news broke on the radio so we ended up kind of like using it as currency <laughs> like this news to kind of like like we, we like there'd be the sort of stewards on the gate and we'd be like hey how's it going so um i meant to be trying to get back to by the way do you know michael jackson's just died and then we're like what and then you have like a conversation about that for a while I'm like okay now we're friends um any chance of uh getting us into this backstage area wow yeah, that's amazing so that's that's what you need but it worked eventually you chapter, just need to kill off an incredibly of, famous person. Uh, yeah, chapter eight of the game: exploit a public tragedy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I don't. Re- yeah, I don't remember when Michael Jackson died. I got. Um, I got my uh, my infamous DUI the day Prince died. So and I and I remember talking about uh, to the cop. I was like, "Come on, man, Prince died." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, you're right. Get out of here." <laughs> I'd like, want to have a couple too. <laughs> He's like, "He's like, he, Prince, what now?" Oh my, Matt, you you come into the back of the car with me, and we'll crack open this forty. <laughs> <laughs> I will put on purple rain and just fucking remember. <laughs> well, we did all that first. He's like, "Look, the law is still the law," but right. you know, he and I did <laughs> now I'm taking you to jail. Yeah, we did Spoon and, and Sing Purple Rain right. together. And Bowie first. in the same year, man. I mean... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I forgot until this moment that on September 11th, 2001, I got pulled over for, like, rolling through a stop sign or something. And I just kind of looked at the police officer and I was like, it's been a day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what with 9-11 and all. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, what happened? <laughs> and you got, it's like at 8 p.m. He goes, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> I've been in shows all day. Man, that's Stu's birthday. The guy we used to live with. Oh, that's so perfect. It's perfect. I don't know if I knew that. I think I just, yeah. So this year, 2022, um, is now at the end of this year. People born after 9-11 will be in bars. Wow. And that's, uh, you know, that get ready. It's going to be a thing. We can't do the normal thing we do in bars where we talk about 9-11 the whole time. I'll just have to pick them up using Emo Phillips routines. (laughs) (laughs) And you do the voice. (laughs) (laughs) Coleslaw. Wow, okay. All right. (laughs) Let's go back to your place. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go back to your place. I'll I'll, uh, assemble that trombone, if you know what I mean. (laughs) You can see that special he did, the Hasty Pudding Theater, where he's like, He's spending the whole time assembling a trombone, but nothing ever happens. <laughs> what? Like he's, yeah, he, it's uh, Emo Phillips live at the Hasty Pudding Theater, which is like an album. But if you if you watch the live taping of it, um, he's like comes out and he's doing some jokes and he has a trombone case and then he's opening it and he's slowly like assembling the trombone and he never plays or anything. He just puts the trombone together the whole time like a reverse Chekhov's gun and then the right. set's over. It's <laughs> so funny. It's very weird. That's fucking great. He's, yeah. Do we have any weird stories? It's hard for me to segue when I don't know the story. Oh, you know, maybe I forgot that you weren't shared on the email. Maybe. No, that's oh, why that's why I've been I, that's why I've been so clunky. No, you haven't been clunky at all. We should have just been throwing throwing ones at you. Um we could do space. We could do uh rat- Let's do a space story. We haven't had a good space sure, story. There's a Mars yeah. story. Paul Muxworthy sent in this story about organic molecules that have been confirmed in the Jezero or Jezero crater on Mars. Let me drop this in for you guys to see. Okay. 
It hasn't even been on Mars for a full year, and NASA's Perseverance rover is making excellent surprise discoveries. Amid a number of findings announced this week at the American Geophysical Union, Union Fall Meeting, this week, when was this article? Oh, this is about two or three weeks old. Uh, the American, revealed, the fall meeting, they have multiple meetings a year, the I American guess, Geophysical Union. Maybe for a year, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it gets pretty nuts in the spring meeting, I, admittedly. Yeah. It's a bacchanalia. Uh, so scientists have revealed that the Jezero crater formed from molten volcanic magma and that organic molecules have been discovered in rocks and dust on the crater floor. This is by no means evidence of life on Mars. Organic compounds are simply those that contain carbon-hydrogen bonds, and these can form by any number of non-biological processes. Indeed, organic compounds have been discovered on Mars before, both by the Curiosity rover and the Mars Express orbiter. But the finding does suggest that Mars rocks can preserve these compounds well, which in turn suggests that biological organic material could also be preserved, and that's pretty exciting. Uh, Curiosity also discovered organics at its landing site within Gale Crater, says planetary scientist Luther Beagle of NASA's JPL in Southern California. The detection was made using a new instrument on Perseverance called the Scanning Habitable Environments with... (laughs) Is this pronounced Raman? R-A-M-A-N? I think so. I think it is. Raman or Raman and uh, luminescence for organics and chemicals. And this is definitely a backronym because it's... abbreviated Sherlock. Again, that's the scanning habitable environments with ramen and luminescent. Maybe the ramen part was just like what they were eating at the time because they needed to get the R in for Sherlock. We need an R. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So what Sherlock has the story... We want to make it sound inexpensive. (laughs) Uh, What Sherlock has to the story is its capabilities to map the spatial distribution of organics inside rocks and relate those organics to minerals found there. This helps us understand the environment in which the organics formed. More analysis needs to be done to determine the method of production for the identified organics. Uh, Perseverance landed on the red planet in February in a region called the Jezero Crater, which I may have mispronounced five times now. This place is thought no, it's to definitely once... crater. What's that? Yeah, it's crater. <laughs> God damn you! Uh, this you place think is it was crater? To... I mean, Jesus, yes, Andy. Yeah, from the French, yeah. Uh, this place is thought to have once been flooded with water and is rich in clay minerals, characteristics vitally important to Perseverance's mission. That's because in a first for Mars expedition, the rover has been tasked with looking for signs of ancient life. In our terrestrial experience, that's likely to occur near water. In another first, the rover is equipped with 43 canisters in which it will deposit geological samples from Mars to be retrieved and returned to Earth in a future mission called Mars Sample Return. It's weird that like they have the f- they have a photo that it took here when it landed, and we're we're all just not supposed to talk about that giant Papa John's in the in the photo, just right there. It's a pretty full parking lot. Yeah, yeah. I guess mm. speaking of people who can't be canceled, uh, Papa John, the Teflon John, you know, like uh, try as you will. Yeah, I guess I've, sam- you- I've sampled ninety eight pizzas this week. <laughs> I forgot what that was about. <laughs> yes. I, I guess you just have if your name is on the restaurant, you're like harder to cancel just because there's just so many buildings with your name on it. Right. That's why uh, Mexican improv legend Del Taco. It will always be um, that. Um, yeah. Is that no. that's a joke for nobody? I guess. Um, <laughs> no, no. I, 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 <laughs> Del Close Del Taco mashup restaurant. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> His, his, his catchphrase taco would be so funny. His catchphrase, of course, was C E. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, that mm-hmm. requires some Spanish and improv knowledge. Yeah, it requires. It requires uh, a lot. You gotta. You gotta be weird in a lot of ways to get that yeah. one. 
Um, is that and Del Taco? And Del Taco is kind of a regional restaurant too. I mean, I know we all There's live a lot in of, California, yeah. but it's a very good. Yeah, it's like Carl's Jr. ish, um, but there isn't even a Hardee's of it. East no, of there's the Rockies, no, there's so. no. What is it? Baja Fresh? Is that the? Oh yeah, why don't we have Baja Fresh out here? Or do we? Wait, do we? No, I'm just saying, is that a Hardee's Carl's Jr. situation with Baja with uh, Del Taco? No, definitely not. Yeah, Baja I think it's Fresh just one of those like kind of semi regional chains, you know, like yeah. Raising Canes or something. Like is Sonic, mm. kind of like that. Yeah, know. there's a there's a there. I, I moved to Pasadena not too long ago, and there's like a Sonic in Alhambra that I went to, but I think that's like the closest. Sonic to LA. Oh. Where's the closest Cracker Barrel? Was it Arizona? No, there's one in Victorville. I passed it on the way to I passed it on the way to Vegas and took note that there was a Cracker Barrel like semi close to LA. Um we had family in the deep south, so I'm kind of like um I have a little bit of nostalgic you know, uh, 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 I have a little nostalgic yearn for Cracker Barrel sometimes. Mm-hmm. But also I uh I, I have a little porch and I want to get a rocking chair for it. And I'm like, that Cracker Barrel, you eat and then you buy rocking chairs, right? That's like the thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's, Anyways, that's it. I've been thinking well, about now? driving to Victorville, having a chicken fried steak and bringing back a rocking chair. I'll meet you there. I think that's equidistant between us. And I uh, hesitate to admit this on air. I've never been to. I saw, I saw a, a video somehow was recommended to that me. That video was brutal. Of, the, the, of, is that the New Yorkers trying Cracker Barrel? Oh, I thought it was millennials. And I was like, it's not an age that you know, millennials try Cracker Barrel for the first time. Like, it's not an age thing. It's a region <laughs> thing. Like, I haven't been there either. And it's not because of age. The millennials well, were the, mad because it didn't taste like ass. yeah the the thing that drove me nuts was when they got dumplings and they're like that is not a dumpling and i'm like no shit it's a dumpling right there's no g it says on the thing dumplings it's not like like people are assuming it's a shortened thing you know what i'm saying wait it literally is a different word i thought you were kind of being no it's literally a different word it's a different it's a whole different food it it is a dumpling apostrophe no it is a dumpling. Oh, and I forgot what that. So, what's that shape like? Uh, it's shaped like however you cut it. It's basically just like sort of soggy biscuit dough. It's fucking great, man. Is it a little like gnocchi or something? Soggy biscuit dough. Uh, yeah, it's like so- biscuit. But it's so- not. It's bis- nothing. It's not something wrapped around something else. It's all the same thing throughout it. Is there Correct. a game associated it's, it's, with it? Oh. You're talking no, about it's, like, it's, like, for, like for chicken and dumplings. Yeah, but it's like a porridge with like dough chunks in it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I think. My, it's, my um, mom used to make it. It's like, yeah, it's like a little, it's like a little dough pillow that's in a kind of a stew with chicken. It's, it's good. But it could, it could be less, nothing could be less like a dumpling, you know? Um, but it's like, don't assume it's a shortened thing, you know? It could just be it's not short for dumpling. It's just its own word. Millennials, man. <laughs> Where are you going to go to eat and buy a rocking chair? Yeah. That, I mean, well, that's what I love about Cracker Barrel is you that like you fucking can girl buy. Bosses. <laughs> well, you can buy anything in the store. I, I love that. Like, can I get this? Uh, can I get that ch- decorative checkers game? They're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that really what the business model is? I, yeah, you can basically buy anything. There's a menu and you get food and stuff, but then you can basically just buy anything you want. You're like, um, the, when you walk in, there's a whole like gift shop. Like, they're floating the hard candy industry. It's like an Ikea showroom. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, but, like, every Cracker Barrel has, like, a porch that has, like, rocking chairs on it and, like, different sort of um, 
like giant quilted like knitted checkers games and stuff and you can buy all of it if you want any of it you know it sort of reminds me of have you guys been to the diner in the car dealership up in uh, north hollywood like sherman way ish oh no. i've heard about that i do i want to try that is it what's it like it's awesome mm-hmm. i forgot which dealership maybe bob galpin does that sound right i think uh-huh. if you just look up diner in dealership in nor in the valley um it's the one of the coolest diners i've ever been in and car dealerships for that matter because it's like stepping into 1958 but if things if it was actually 1958 like these things are all brand new looking and everything is so clean and new as in not contemporary design but like new it just looks like it's brand new but 1958 new it's awesome and the food is great Mm. But the whole place has this just like it's exactly like, stamped in this like one time. It's like the last of something, right? Like it's a, it's it's it used to be part of a chain, but now it's the only last one standing. Am I wrong about that? Like the combi- having the restaurant in the car dealership. Oh no! It, like just- it, it used to be a, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of a chain that's not around anymore. Uh, yeah, it, it used to be part of a bigger chain, but then. It all closed down, and now the last standing like, one is like this one in a car dealership. Like a big boy or something. Yeah. Like one of those. Exactly. Yeah. Blockbuster video, if you will. Right, yeah. Sure. Which, mm. are, is it true they're making a TV show where it take, takes place in the last Blockbuster? Oh, yeah. I think uh, yeah. I think our buddy Vanessa Ramos is, like, that's her baby. I think that's her that's pitch, awesome. or she's the showrunner of it or something like that. But, yeah, I think it's like a, a show set at the last Blockbuster. Yeah, and you know, if you watch it on TV, there's going to be a lot of pixels. Guys, that, pixels can also stand for the Planetary Instrument for X-ray hey, Lipochemistry. okay. Um, <clears throat> and that's, um, that's uh, allows scientists to learn the uh, provenance of the bedrock in the, uh, the jizz crater. And after taking a core sample in a region, na- uh, region nicknamed Brack, pixels data clearly show the presence of olivine crystals embedded in peroxine... Uh, crystals here on earth such a mineral configuration is igneous in origin suggesting that the floor of the jizz crater formed from hot jizzy magma <laughs> hmm. very interesting so Wait. so that's that's what makes it an organic molecule Ooh, i guess carbon I, is what makes it organic right but is it vegan <laughs> is this is the mars come vegan guys <laughs> Is it? Is it a ve- Is table. it vegan? A Christmas movie or a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we should wrap up the main episode and do just what, an extra story for the Patreon patrons. But for the main episode, Jordan, yes, where can our listeners find you and uh, everything you do? Yeah, sure. I do a chat podcast called Jordan Jesse Go. Matt and Andy were on it very recently. They've been on it in the past, so they'll be on in the near future. I'm sure. Uh, it's just a goofy fuck around type show with uh jesse thorne you can find that over at maximumfun.org and uh yeah i co-wrote a graphic novel with past guest sarah morgan and it's called bubble it's a sci-fi comedy and you can get that wherever you get your books or comic books yeah if you uh belated christmas gift guys yeah if you have any barnes and noble gift cards (laughs) um you can find us as always probablyscience.com uh, ind- and at Probably Science individually at Andy T. Wood at Jesse Case and at Matt Kirshen. Listen to uh, Jesse versus Cancer sure. the podcast as well which is back up and running. Also anyone who is in or near Vegas at the end of January beginning of February I think I'm going to be back there at the Rio um, the Comedy Cellar at the Rio so you can go and see me there two shows a night for a week. 
Oh, okay. So, right. so check those out. Oh, probablyscience at gmail.com is the email address for any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you would like us to cover. Uh, Jesse, thank you. Uh, I mean, Jesse. Uh, Jordan. It's very confusing when there is a Jordan <laughs> and a Jesse on the show. Yeah, and there's I guess a lot Jordan of. Who does a, a lot podcast of, with a Jesse. There's a lot of white guy name overlap going on with our two shows. It is, so, yeah. uh, there really so is. You're, you're but forgiven. Jordan, thank you very much for joining us. And listeners, thank you. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.